And welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. In the Jewish world, each week a parasha, a selection from the five books of Moses known as the Torah, is read in synagogues and in study halls. This week, the Jewish community continues to read from the fourth book of the Torah, the book known in English as Numbers, but in Hebrew as Bamidbar. The parasha is entitled Baha'alotecha, which perhaps we will discuss the meaning of as my guest and I pursue the Torah portion. It begins in Numbers 8 and continues through Numbers 12. And let me share with you some of the highlights of this week's Torah portion. The portion begins with Aaron, Moses' brother, being commanded to raise lights in the lamps of the menorah, and the tribe of Levi is initiated into the service in the sanctuary. In addition, a second Passover is instituted in response to the petition of those Jews who missed the first Passover when they said, why should we be deprived? These Jews were unable to bring the Passover offering in its appointed time because, according to the Torah, they were ritually impure. God instructs Moses on the procedure for Israel's journeys and encampments in the desert, and the people journey in formation from Mount Sinai, where, according to tradition, they had camped for nearly a year. The Torah portion takes a very unusual turn at this point. The people are dissatisfied with the manna, the bread from heaven that God has provided them during their journey, and demand that Moses supply them with meat. Moses appoints 70 elders to whom he imparts his spirit to assist him in the ever-growing burden of governing the people. The Torah portion concludes with a very unusual incident. Moses and Aaron speak negatively of Moses. Miriam and Aaron speak negatively of Moses. And Miriam is punished with what the Torah seems to think is leprosy. Moses prays for her healing, and the entire community waits seven days for her recovery before they continue their journey. This is a Torah portion that, as they say in Jewish tradition, calls out for some interpretation. And with me to help you better understand this Torah portion is Rabbi Bradley Bleefeld, who is now Rabbi of Temple Beth Hillel of Carmel in Vineland, New Jersey. He has served as a senior rabbi in the Reform Congregation Knesset Israel in Elkins Park, PA, also serving as senior rabbi of Temple Israel in Columbus, Ohio. He has a wide-ranging experience as a teacher. 
teaching religion at Capital University in Columbus, Ohio, religious studies at Allegheny College in Meadville, Pennsylvania, and associate professor of history at the University of Baltimore in Baltimore, Maryland. In addition to all of that, Though it's hard to understand where he finds time in his busy rabbinic career, he has uh, written about the Talmud and has written about a handbook for bar and bat mitzvah called A Spiritual Journey. It is a great joy to invite Rabbi Bradley Bleefeld to join me on Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Rabbi Garden. I'm grateful to you once again for inviting me to join you. Um, well, our audience and our listeners appreciate your wisdom and erudition and insight. And we want to begin this morning right at the beginning. So let me read for our audience and listeners the first few verses of this Torah portion. Vayidaber Adonai el Moshe lemor, and God spoke to Moses, saying, Daber el Aharon va'amarta alav, and say to him, Baha'alotacha, when you mount the lamps, let the seven lamps give light to the front of the lampstead. Aaron did so. He mounted the lamps at the front of the lampstand as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, this is how the lampstand was made. It was hammered work of gold, hammered from base to petal, according to the pattern that God had shown Moses, so was the lampstand made. What do we make of all of this uh, verbiage concerning a lampstand, which you and I uh, know as uh, a menorah? Well, the beauty of this passage, referencing the creation of the menorah and how it was to be made and how they uh, would uh, establish the lights, the key here is that Moses instructs Aaron to light seven lamps, to, to halot, to raise up seven lamps. Um, it seems uh, rather simple at the outset of the description, but the key here, I believe, is seven. Now, in addition to this Torah portion, as we both know, perhaps our audience is aware, in synagogues, there is a portion from the prophets that is also read on the Sabbath, called the Haftarah. And the Haftarah for this portion comes from the prophet Zechariah. And the prophet Zechariah has, has a dream, and he dreams of a seven-branched menorah, just like the one described in the Torah portion. And in that description, he sees this menorah and asks, what is this all about? And in this night vision, in this dream, he's having a dialogue with an angel. And the angel asks him, 
don't you understand what this is? And Zacharias says, no, I don't understand what this seven-branched menorah with, with its decorations are all about. And the angel answers by saying, Lo v'chayil v'lo b'koach ki'im b'ruchi. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Now, historically, that would reference Zerubbabel coming back from Babylonia and overseeing as governor the building of the second temple. But there's so much more behind what is literal in this Torah and Haftarah portion. Because if again, I might just clarify for our listeners, um, Rabbi Bliefeld is uh, Bliefeld is talking about a seven-branch menorah, not to be confused with what we call the Hanukkiah, the eight-branch. Uh, menorah that's used on the Jewish festival of Hanukkah, which comes um, in the Hebrew calendar on the 25th day of Kislev, which is usually in December. Um, and just to make it even the connection between the seven-branch menorah and the eight-branch menorah, the uh, section of the prophets that the rabbi quotes, Zechariah, is also quoted on Hanukkah, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit alone. So this notion of menorah becomes an essential symbol of God's presence and power. Um, thank you. And I know you want to continue with this um, fascinating understanding of the menorah. This menorah has seven branches unlike the Hanukkah menorah, which has nine, eight for each nights of each one of the nights of Hanukkah, and the helper candle. But this menorah, in the biblical description in the book of Numbers, and the one in Zechariah, has seven. And here lies the key to the importance of this passage for us today. Because whether we're thinking about the building of the second temple in Jerusalem in the 6th century BCE or not, this biblical passage and the passage from the prophet Zechariah contains an important message for every human being today. And the key is the seven-branched menorah, because the key is seven. Seven is represented in Hebrew by the letter Zion, the seventh letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And Zion helps us understand the deeper meaning of this text. Zion, the seventh letter, because there are seven branches, Zion starts the Hebrew word Zohar. And Zohar is our mystical text, the book of enlightenment, the book of splendor, the mystical touchstone of Jewish tradition. 
And in the Zohar, we are taught that there's another very important Z word that begins with the seventh letter. That Z word is Zachor, to remember. And what is it that we are to remember? Well, there are lots of things in Jewish tradition that um, prompt us to remember our history. Like remembering that the memory of the righteous should always be for a blessing. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the exodus from Egypt. What are we prompted to remember by this menorah? Because this menorah is the harbinger of what we now call the Ner Tamid, the eternal light. And the Ner Tamid is visible to all who enter Jewish sanctuaries. In every synagogue. In every synagogue. And it hangs above the Aron HaKodesh, the holy ark in which the sacred scrolls of the Torah are placed. So the rabbi is making this interesting connection between our Torah portion and its discussion of the menorah and this uh, reminder, going back to his notion of Zion and Zachor, a reminder, a physical reminder that um, light and the lighting of a uh, lampstand has real significance. significant meaning, uh, not just symbolic meaning. Thank you. Let's continue. Now, remembering that the Zohar, this mystical text, is considered to be the book of light. So there is this wonderful connection between the Zohar and light. And our primary symbol of light going back to our biblical days, is the menorah. The menorah becomes an important symbol for each and every one of us because this symbol not only prompts us to remember Zachor, starting with the letter Zion, seven, it also prompts us to consider what Zechariah heard in his night revelation. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Why is that so important? Because each and every one of us has a little bit of the divine spirit within us. Each and every one of us is a light to the world, to the universe. And if we wish to accomplish great things as our ancient ancestors wished to do in Jerusalem by building a second temple, it's not going to be through might or power that the great accomplishments of our people, perhaps all people, are achieved not by might, but by an internal spirit that we find within ourselves that is universal, that is eternal, 
And for the Jewish community, that eternal light is really God's spirit. Now, remember that I referenced Zachor to remember. What are we to remember? In a crazy, chaotic world with so many distractions and so many pushes and pulls on our time from morning till night, we often lose sight of what's really important in life. And what's really important is the benefit each and every one of us can have to humanity. And that's where we accomplish great things. When we remember that our greatness comes from that universal spirit, the spirit in the universe, the energy in the universe that animates everything. Jews call it God. That spirit of the divine that is within each of us that allows us to do great things, not by strength of arm or hand, but by strength of our will to make the world a better place. Light, for many people, is the, is the symbol of the divine spirit. So this Torah portion comes to remind us that there is a light within each of us and that we can do great things and that by remembering that we have within us the incredible ability to accomplish anything we choose with the empowerment of the energy in the universe, that divine spirit, we can accomplish anything. So, so you've lovingly and with great wisdom helped our listeners make the transition from what appears to be a very didactic three verses about how to build a menorah, um, and you've transferred it and transposed it into a powerful spiritual message. I'm wondering if you could share with your listeners and our listeners why you thought, what was the historical circumstances that led Zachariah to transpose his message um, to the Jews about avoiding uh, not by might and not by power? Was there something specific that he might have been referencing? And in addition, you might help our listeners understand why this Haftarah was chosen to be read on the Shabbat of Hanukkah, because it seems an antithetical message to the story of Hanukkah. This Haftarah portion appears twice in the annual cycle of our readings and is worthy of being repeated on Hanukkah because that was a small group of Hasmonean Jews who wished to go up against the Greek authority, the Greek power, the power that controlled their lives to the point where they said, we've had enough. 
we've had enough. The, the entity that is controlling our lives, our physical lives, our economic lives, our cultural lives, and our spiritual lives is not how we wish to live. And so they reminded themselves that it would not be by might or by power, lo bechayil v'lo bekoach, but rather the spirit of the divine. And that's what is behind the story of Hanukkah, how this small ragtag band of Jews were actually able to throw out the military police of the Greek army from Jerusalem that had desecrated the temple, that had uh, despoiled the uh, imagery of the one God in their minds, in their hearts, and, and to refurbish it, clean it. Once again, take the menorah and reestablish it as the, the symbol of divine presence, because the Greeks had destroyed that and brought in their idols. And those, those Jews, that small band of Jews, wished, wished to reestablish their beliefs and their culture and and their way of life so it was the memory of what the persians did the memory of what the babylonians did in the sixth century before the common era that this must have been a powerful warning not only as an aftermath to the Hasmonean um, armed struggle, but inasmuch as it was a sign to be read each and every Hanukkah, it must have been a powerful warning to subsequent generations of Jews that the success of Judah Maccabee and his ragtag uh, crew would not be repeated uh, continuously that it was almost as if it was a one-off. Um, and so each Hanukkah, we don't uh, liturgically honor Judah Maccabee and his uh, military struggle. Um, we're assigned this reading almost as if to remind the listener that only by God's Spirit will the Jews be able to survive um, against all odds, um, kind of a uh, tension between one part of the story and the second part of the story. Um, it may also be why, as you so wonderfully pointed out, we have a nine-branch menorah that becomes the ultimate liturgical symbol of Hanukkah, um, and that those Jews who follow a spiritual path use those lights as a zahor, as a reminder of what we read in this week's Torah portion, um, that you shall be a light to the nations rather than you shall be an armed um, uh, 
Sparta. I guess that's what they seem to be saying. We don't want you to be a Sparta. We want you to be an Athens. Um, that's a really lovely insight. Thank you for sharing that with the audience. Um, why else do you think Zachariah's prophecy has been such a powerful constant um, with us uh, for all these uh, nearly 2,000 years? Because our very existence has been threatened constantly. And we will never be a major force in the world arena. We will, we will never be a, a powerful military force, the likes of the major nations in the world. Even today, yes, Israel has a, a, a wonderful, maybe miraculous defense force and defense ability. But compared to the United States, Russia, China, um, the, the major nations in the world, we're puny, and we're a puny people. There are maybe 14 million of us in total all around the world. We're, we're insignificant in terms of our numbers, but in terms of what we can offer to the world, in improving human condition, we can play and we have played a major role throughout history. And the menorah is that reminder that we will never be a major military power. A major military power can vanquish us at any time. But with the other human qualities we can evidence. We can survive, thrive, and be a major force for good in the world. Our Torah portion is called Baha'alotaha, and you wonderfully um, explained that um, the Hebrew Baha'alotaha means to lift up exactly when you raise up and so this is much more than simply a uh, blueprint for how to build a lampstand this is a spiritual call not to just the builders but to all to lift yourself toward the source of what the Torah calls your real strength, your real essence. Um, and it's a reminder of how important it is for our listeners to understand the principle of uh, interpretation of the Torah. That you, one could read this Torah portion in a very literal way, and want to emulate the building of the lampstand, the seven-branch menorah, which in many ways is are found not only with the Ner Tamid, but as a symbolic representation of this in sanctuaries, in synagogue and temple sanctuaries. But you helped us understand today much more 
the power of the spiritual message. And for that, our listeners uh, should be grateful. I want to thank my guest this morning, Rabbi Bradley Bleefeld of uh, Temple Beth Hillel of Carmel in Vineland, New Jersey, for really helping us probe um, this aspect of Torah. You can hear a podcast of this morning's conversation on iTunes or on the chri.ca website. For my guest and myself, Rabbi Stephen Garten, uh, Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, I wish you shalom and a good day. Shalom.